WCT after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. After further review, just had Darren Cohn on the phone lines. Now we got David the Man of God Harris. And we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA draft, somewhat of a recap, his thoughts, and we'll compare each other's notes and see where we go from there. Um, David, man, welcome back on the show. No Frank today, as we had Jacob Lethal Beats. As uh, he's working all day, he's actually. Um, uh, doing baseball, I think he's doing announcing and umpiring uh, to on Friday as we tape, and then Saturday, and then also he'll be um, doing it on Sunday. So he's going to have an action-packed, filled uh, uh, weekend. But we got David the Man God Harris here on the phone lines, and David, your thoughts on uh, the NBA Draft 2019? I do tell you this real quick. It was actually interesting. I actually watched pretty much almost the whole first round. I think that's the first time I've done that in at least mm, four or five years. Yeah, and there are a lot of teams, as you could tell right away, who are looking to completely rebuild, start from scratch. And we'll get into some of these teams like the Pelicans, like the Grizzlies, and then there are teams that are kind of in the win-now mode. We just need a piece here, there, tinker. And then there are some teams, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, that we'll get to that we don't know what they're doing. Like, we don't know if you're trying to win now, or you're trying to rebuild, you're kind of rebuilding, but yeah. But, yeah, it was actually interesting. A lot of moving and shaking. Not a lot of trades for veteran players, as I thought there would be going into the draft. But, overall, it was a pretty pretty solid night. There were a lot of surprises. And they moving into the second round. Kind of names that you thought would maybe kind of go off the board. They were kind of fan favorites to recognize one name. So for, we we knew the first three picks were, but what, what were overall your thoughts? The, the one thing a lot of people are complaining about on regular on national radio and some local radio is that the guys were wearing the hats of the teams they're not going to be on because the trades aren't very only complete. I don't think some of the trades don't get completed until July sixth. Um, which okay, I I get that. I, I do like the old school way. Is it once they made a trade, the trade is made. And obviously, sometimes you might get drafted by that team, and then when the trade is made, you have to switch hats. But like the Lakers, the number four pick, I believe, was for the Pelicans. But then the Pelicans, what they they traded the pick, what to Minnesota to the, to the Hawks. And then on top of that, a lot of times when you're drafting, you're drafting for that team, which I guess that was a little bit of confusion. But other than that, though, I I actually kept entertained and it was I thought the draft was really well broadcast and it was really insightful yeah I think kind of one not a pet peeve of mine but kind of just how she builds like player comparisons like can we at least like let, let's see these guys play like a pro like at least like half a season mm-hmm. before we start with some of the pro comparisons because mm-hmm. you never know what could happen injuries could happen some guys could take long to develop 
and then, you know, you're trying to sort of right away, oh, this guy's going to, you know, remind me of, like, and even some of the pros, it took them a little longer to develop. Like, one comparison kind of thinking right off the bat, you know, someone being compared to Paul George. I mean, like, it took Paul George a while in Indiana. Like, granted, you know, he was not the biggest, well, we gotta, we, yeah, you guys got to remember, and I think people are taking this too little because you're like just like the national radio pundits. They're they're just saying that, that this is a comparison. Oh, this is how the guy, well, this is how this yeah. guy looks like he plays. Is that are they really saying that he's gonna be like Paul George or you know whatever? No, they're not. They're not saying that at all. Um, but you, I mean, people do it on the playground co- courts. They like, you know, you play like so and so. And it isn't saying that, you know, there's just a little bit of similarities. I didn't really take those two literal. With some guys were saying, well, he, you know, he's not like that, and he, he might, he's never gonna be like that. He's not gonna have that type. Like, you know, Darius Garland, they said predicted like Damian Lillard. And there's, there's a few things in his game that are kind of like Damian Lillard. I don't really see it. I think he, he's a really fast-paced guard. He's very quick. Whereas Damon Lillard is more of a change of pace guard, and he doesn't have really that quick first step. Because Darius Garland, dude, is a very electric and quick player. More like almost like an Iverson-ish type of player where he's going to really try to break you down on the crossover um, that way. Whereas Lillard is more of a tactician who he can get you with the crossover, but he more or less he's, he, you know, he played a two-guard all his career when he was younger. So basically what he's going to do is he's going to slowly bring the ball up and he might, you know, change a move real quick. It's not going to be a like a set him up crossover type of deal. It might just be I'll lull you to sleep and then I'll get this wonderful pull up on you. Stuff like that. So, I mean, but other than that, it was fun seeing some of the comparisons. I know Chauncey Billups kind of took a little bit of a, a jab about some of his uh, comparisons. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they're originally going to be like like one comparison was Jackson Hayes. And he kind of compared him, at least on the defensive end of the ball, to Sean Marion. And I'm like, okay, you can kind of see that for those, you know, that are old enough to remember Sean Marion when he was in his prime and seen it. But, like, it's just kind of some of those things. Kind of just let him develop a little bit. Okay, you throw out the player comps. But you ain't got to get, like, so in-depth. And you're know, like, oh, he really won. But that's, you know, that's a personal thing. But, yeah, overall, interesting. Some of the trades were definitely curious. Some of the player selection, curious. Some of the guys that sell. So that's the beauty of drafting. You never know what to expect. True, true. That's the the thing with the draft. So what we'll do is is we got the basketball round ball or the NBA theme, which is now um, actually the college basketball one. Uh, we'll look, we'll go we'll go look at some notable first round guys, and then we'll look a little bit in the second round. So obviously the top three picks were Zion, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Were you cool with those? Yeah, I would I would have been surprised, and actually I am surprised that the Knicks didn't find a way to screw this up because that's usually what we would have expected from the Knicks. But yeah, kind of chalk one two three. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is going to the Hawks. Didn't think that, I mean, solid move. I kind of see what they're doing there. Kind of kind of a winger. I guess my biggest thing is kind of will he, like what is his position going to be in Atlanta? Is he going to be kind of, and a lot of people were kind of making a little similar position to kind of 
mm-hmm. that Jay Crowder kind of mold player or Torian Prince kind of that player. So is he just going to kind of develop that? Is he going to be develop more of his defensive game coming from Virginia where, you know, they don't run their offense until like five seconds left on the shot clock. So that would be an adjustment. It was an interesting set. Probably a little high, especially with the Hawks trading up to that fourth spot, but the Pelicans are trying to get as young as possible, so. Right. Um, this was the the, the, the one that I, we kind of thought was kind of crazy. Darius Garland. You already got Colin Sexton, and they're pretty much the same basketball player almost. Are they going to play the two guards together? I know they're talking about Beeline and his system and what he's trying to get in there, and he likes guards that can really break guys off the dribble to pass to his shooters. As We'll talk a little bit later. There's a draft pick that they picked up as well. But this was a, a very puzzling one. Yeah, kind of coming out of combine conversation with Terrence Carlin, kind of this top five player, but – Coming off of injuries, so you really didn't see a whole lot of them in Vanderbilt. But yeah, like you literally just had Colin Sexton, and it wasn't as though Sexton had a bad year last year. I mean, he was playing you know, rookie year. He was in the rookie of the year talk for a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, with that organization, I mean, you can only do so much for the guys around you, and he was a bright spot for that Cavaliers, you know, a promising young player. And so. Like you said, do you put both guards together? Do you have Sexton at the two, Darius Garland at the one? Kind of, what exactly are you trying to do offensively? Because it just seems like this is more of a okay, John Beal. If you're at Michigan, yeah, you're recruiting this guy to be his backup because they play the same way. Because you know this guy's going to be a one and done or two and done. And so, you know, in college basketball, it makes more sense to get a guy that has the same exact skill set. In the pros, not so much. Mm-hmm. True. So that that was one of our puzzling ones. Um, then we go on uh, Culvert uh, to, from Texas Tech to Minnesota. Kobe White going to the Bulls. Yeah, I thought kind of once the Suns traded that pick to Minnesota and Minnesota went to Jared Culver, which I thought they would go point guard, but, you know, Minnesota, okay. But yeah, Kobe White, I think, solid fit. I think he'll come in right away. He's a guy that can be a leader on that team, and it's a young kind of locker room. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see kind of how he adjusts because that entire Bull squad is really young for the most part. And so he's one of the youngest. He's one in? of the youngest in the league, actually. Yeah. And they have Chris, can he be, They have Chris yeah. Dunn as a point guard right now, but some people are saying they might the Bulls might shop him around. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kurt Dunn because he really is failing to live up to those expectations of being kind of a lottery pick a couple of years ago. And being a destiny of point guard, best point guard left available on the board, it's promising for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if they get another veteran presence in there that can kind of help kind of mentor some of the younger players, I don't see why the Bulls can't have a better season, I guess would be the best way to say it. Jackson Hayes goes on to the Pelicans um, from Texas. Uh, it's kind of crazy. He was down the road here from Toledo in Cincinnati Moeller, about three hours away. Uh, he didn't start till his senior year, but then again, only 6'9", 6'10". Now, he did have a late growth spurt. Yeah, and I like this kind of telling this side, kind of getting a big man to kind of complement with Zion Williamson. So it'll be interesting to see what those two kind of be in the front for the future. In New Orleans, and he's a 
easier kind of typical rim protector, similar to uh, the big man that came from Texas that is in Brooklyn now, who I'm blanking on his name. We kind of just 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 stand in the paint, protect the rim. Mm-hmm. Huchimara, one of the first Japanese-born players to go in the lottery, I believe, was number nine. To, uh, the Bullets, or sorry, the Wizards. Uh, they got the Bullets colors. Uh, Cam Reddish went down to 10. Some people said he dropped. They thought he would be a top-five pick. And I understand kind of top-five talent-wise, there's still a lot of upside in terms of what Reddish can bring to the table. But I think he goes to a great place in Atlanta where he can just kind of Build again with that young core. As you can see, Atlanta building this young nucleus together. And I think Atlanta, he'll flourish a little bit because he can really do a little bit more off the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, But knowing that he has a point guard in Trey Young, whereas kind of in Duke, it was more of, you know, four or five people, uh, not so much controlling the offense. But I think think he'll do do well in Atlanta. Hmm. And then. Uh, Cameron Johnson from North Carolina. I think that's a good pickup for the Suns. Yeah, you are kind of heralding this pick, and I think he should be one of those impact players that come come in right away. If, um, like they say, he's a sharpshooter. They say that he, his ability, he should be able to step in, kind of be an impact starter. I'm just curious, kind of, with that situation in Phoenix, like, how... Because I don't know what the offense is that they're trying to run in Phoenix. And so it'll be interesting to see how he comes into that offense and works with Booker, works with Aiden as kind of that big man, works with some of those other young pieces that they've drafted over the years. And also, I see P.J. Washington went to the Hornets. Tyler Hero, I guess... uh... His drip, as the young kids like to say, was hated on by Jay Billis. Went to the Heat at 13. And Romeo Langford went to the Celtics at 14. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how Langford kind of develops his game. I kind of think his game looks like a poor man's Kyrie Irving in terms of his ability to just slash to the basket, get buckets, get fouls. And if... You know, that's the kind of player that Kyrie's getting ready to leave. And so you think, if you're Jalen Brown, if you're Jason Tatum, okay, hey, we can have a little bit more fluidity to the offense. But now we're drafting kind of a combo one-two guard, and I think Romeo kind of looks like a kind of combo guard. Like, how is he going to fit in that offense? Is he going to take more of that two off the ball? Is he going to try to run points like he did a little bit in Indiana? But it's Boston, so they'll find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And then Diamba went to the uh, Pistons. Okiki went to Auburn. Alexander Walker was like the Pelicans. Bidzadzi for the Pacers. Did you see that uh, uh, photo of Zion? They were interviewing him and. Golga was sitting on was sitting next to him, and all the media was with Zion, and Golga didn't have one guy. Yeah, and I would kind of made a joke. That first time Indiana plays um, New Orleans, that's going to be interesting because Goga's like, coming to the tape. You, you want to just have all the fans? But, I mean, that's 
that's the Zion effect. And we kind of saw it on draft night, too. Kind of Zion walking around, Zion doing the pressers, Zion, you know, doing this, that, and everything. Like, ESPN knows what drives the rating. True, true. Um, Darius Baisley went to number 23 to OKC. This is another, this is a questionable one because we talked about him last year. Didn't go to school. You're getting, now me and Darren Cohn talked about it earlier. You know, some guys, you know, school's just not for them. They go and they get paid. But we've seen from this, just because you go to the pro league, it doesn't really help your draft stock. Maybe if Darius goes to Syracuse, He's maybe like Zion. You know, you have a couple big games or you battling Zion and you get your name out there. And the next thing you know, uh, you, you're uh, you're your top five pick. But when you're somewhere obscure in the G League or some European league that no one watches, now, you, granted, first round pick, but you're only in the 20s. Yeah, and I think kind of they're going basically by size, potential, kind of thinking that. You know, last year when he was in that Barrett Williamson kind of draft class coming into that freshman year, like he was this highly touted, heralded player, and so they're banking on okay, with a year off of not playing basketball that year, wear and tear on the body, the physicality. Okay, maybe he's coming coming in a little fresh at a position that we need, you know, being a six eight winger. But then at the same time. It's that reps versus roughs that we always talk about. Is, is it going to take him a lot longer to kind of get reacclimated to the flow of the game in summer league ball or at the start of the training camp or the start of the regular season? Because he's still an unknown commodity because no one has seen him play in like a competitive basketball game at this level since high school. And it's like, okay, we don't know... He could have an injury, you know, knocking on wood. Like, something could happen to him because he hasn't played in that competitive kind of style for so long. Right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's such a precedent for kind of guys thinking about taking that year off and not playing basketball, but then a lot of eyes are going to be watching. Like, if this experiment doesn't work, it's, it's going to look bad. But best of luck to him. Ty Jerome, yeah, Ty, if it doesn't really work out, you know, it's a waste of time. Ty Jerome went from Virginia, went to the Suns. Nasir Little, you kind of felt bad for him. He was in the waiting room. He got invited to the green room, and it was one of those situations where he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting, and finally gets his name called. Um, upside good, but IQ kind of question. I think that's why a lot of people said that he, he kind of dropped. He goes to the Blazers. Dylan Windler from Belmont, a shooter, goes to the Cavs. As we were talking about earlier, Beeline's got a system that he's trying to run, and he's pitting his players in the system that he's doing. Um, so hopefully it works out for him. Jordan Poole, another, some guys mentionable, uh, went to Michigan. Keldon Johnson from Kentucky went to the Spurs. And Kevin Porter went to the Cavs. Um, now, it's, you, it's like they say, sometimes those late first-rounders can be steals. Like, you know, like Tony Parker, who just retired. He was a late first-rounder. Yeah, I think a lot they have mentioned kind of what Frank said, kind of in the text that I won draft tonight, kind of not wanting to touch him with a 10-foot pole because, you know, injury questions and kind of just overall basketball, just, I guess, general basketball inquiries or kind of having the talent, having the potential 
But do you take, and yes, it's late round flyer, first round pick. But again, just throwing a lot of depth into this young Cavaliers backcourt that's already, I don't want to say has questions, but you know, you're rocking the boat a little bit. And you have a brand new head coach coming in. Maybe he wants, maybe he saw kind of the talent and you know, says the upside is better than you know, injury questions, the concerns, the kind of the general kind of questions that he had coming for a while at USC or before. But yeah, it's a gamble. So. And then we go to the second round. Just we're gonna do a quick, quick maybe run down the second round. Some notables: um, Carson Edwards to the Celtics. Bruno Fernando, I think that's going to be a steal for the Hawks. He's a really talented seven-footer, and it tells you how the league is going. You know, just 12 years ago, Greg Oden is the number one pick. Bruno Fernando, big dude. Now I'm not saying he's as talented as Greg Oden, but back in the day, you're going for bigs. Now you're going for littles and guys that can, you know, basically break you down off a pick and roll or something off the, off the, the bounce. Here and uh, he goes in the late second round, but I still think that's kind of a steal there for the the Hawks. Um, Daniel Gafford from Arkansas goes to the Bulls, um, and Bol Bol, another one, Manute Bull's son. He went down to forty four to the D Nuggets or different Nuggets, um, but he waited in the in the um, green room a long time with that spider suit. Uh, Brazikis from Michigan goes to the Knicks, and. Um, Kyle Guy goes to the Kings. Uh, I, he came out early. And he thought maybe he was going to get in the first round, and he didn't. He's yeah, one of the best shooters in the draft. Like, yeah, I was actually surprised that the Knicks, because uh, they're trading that, kind of swapping Zekas with Kyle Guy. I'm surprised that the Knicks didn't take a flyer on Guy. Just kind of, he's a shooter, you know, not a fan. Depending on who you ask, fan favorite or, you know, beloved villain, depending on who you're rooting for during March Madness. But yeah, he's a guy that can kind of be a young point guard, can come and run the second team, kind of behind Dennis Smith Jr., provide energy. You know, you know defensively he's going to be solid because you don't last at Virginia without doing that. No, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're playing pack line defense, which... <laughs> You know, you got to get up on guys in, in the NBA. You can't just stay in your gap and then rotate on the ball once they get it because if you're a second too late, they could shoot you, especially a guy like uh, Seth Curry. Um, and, and, and part of it, they said, was, you know, from Jonathan Givani, his lack of size, length, and poor frame may hinder him defensively at the NBA level. So, you remember, you, you get stuck on an island, you know, he's going to get posted up. I mean, you know, in the pack line in Virginia, they're going to choke the post, but – in the NBA, you, you can't be doing that all the time. You choke the post, they might throw it out to the shooters, and they start killing you from the outside. You, you can't have that. So that so you're saying he was a great defender at Virginia. That might not translate in the NBA. Just the style is different. Yeah, and I think you could say it's more of a system similar with DeAndre Hunter and how he will look defensively, although, you know, a little bit size-wise, obviously different. So, yeah, I think – Kyle Guy can last in this league, I think, a lot more than what well, a lot of people he's a shooter. are anticipating. He's a yeah. shooter. I mean, hey, if you can shoot, you're going to last in the league. Uh, Jordan 
Bone from Tennessee went to the Pistons. Jalen Hands went to the Nets from UCLA, who's talked about a lot on Instagram. And that pretty much um, rounds that out for notable names. So, real quick, winners and losers. Winners, the Knicks for not screwing it up with that number three pick. The Pelicans for basically, one, Rick Rowling, a lot of, both, you know, mainly the Lakers, but the hall that they were slowly building and getting for that Anthony Davis in it, you know, getting picks, refreshing, replenishing, Atlanta Hawks, similar way, getting younger, rebuilding. Kind of, you see that the young nuclei that they're forming, Losers, Cleveland. Why Cleveland? It'll be interesting. I, I just think, kind of, when you have a top five pick, it should be a guy that's going to be an instant impact player. And I'm not saying that Garland won't be an impact player, but it just seems like you don't want to cause too much turmoil with your starting backcourt of the future, kind of day one. And it seems like there's going to be some a lot of questions in terms of, okay, who's which one is going to run point, which one's going to run two, and how they're going to work together. I think it may take a little adjusting. And also with a rookie head coach and John Beeline, there's just a lot of, a lot of curiosity in terms of that pick. I would say another loser, hate to say it, but the Magic, I mean, you're taking a gamble on Okiki, who had a great run. You know, what have you done for me lately? He's really undersized at the four, so, you know, is he going to be able to keep up with some of the threes in this league? I don't know. You know, great story, kind of, as we learned through tournament time. Yeah, just just curiosity. Mm. Curious about that. And then the last one, the heat, just, you know, I understand, you know, you want to get the kind of, not left field pick, but those more needs that you have got. Well, they, they opted in. I, I seen, I saw Whiteside. They, these, you remember, uh, you, you could. Some people are saying it. You know, they could be using these guys as trade pieces at the middle of the uh, season next season. You know, for cap space and whatnot. So you got to, you know, rich in the pot a little bit. But we got the winners and losers and the recap of the draft. I think that's enough NBA between you and Darren Cone, the coach. We'll move on to the next segment when we return. Let's talk a little bit about an odd situation in Major League Baseball, sharing home stadiums. I can understand being in the same city, but to go at least, what, 3,000 miles away? Something just doesn't yeah, sound don't, Something don't sound don't right. Don't mess with Monterey. Yeah. Please don't mess with too, too much. And not to mention, the teams that they want to share would be the lowest, would have probably some of the lowest home attendance records or attendance uh, statistics. Very strange. We'll talk about that more here on eight, uh, 88.3 WGTs after further review. We'll be back after this. 